Welcome to the Silk Road Mountain Race Podcast, a 12-part series covering an epic new bikepacking race through the remote mountains of Kyrgyzstan. I'm Lucy Cahoon, and in the course of the series, you'll be hearing all about the race and the riders, as well as learning a bit about this spectacular part of Central Asia. I hope you enjoy the show. Episode 9. With just three days left until the Silk Road Mountain Race officially closes, we have eight riders who are now finished, enjoying much-needed warm showers and clean clothes, as well as food to replenish all those lost calories. We have 28 riders still in the field, four of whom are desperately pedalling to reach checkpoint three before it closes. Even if they miss the official cutoff, however, they are free to continue to ride under their own steam at their own risk, and we hope as many people as possible will join the finish party in Chongkamin on Saturday. So in this brief episode, we will be hearing more rider interviews about their experiences coming into Checkpoint 3. We'll hear from Jenny Tuff, last lady in the field. Despite battling knee problems, she is nearing the finish line at a remarkable pace, and feels somewhat pressured to be representing all the women riders as she will be the sole person in the general classification. We'll hear from Russell and others about hallucinations, hunger and mild hypothermia. And we also have another dose of Kyrgyzstani culture. We'll hear from Daniel Abdeldaev, Bishkek resident who is on a mission to promote the country both internally and abroad under his company Go Kyrgyzstan. So first up, it's over to Jenny. Jenny, you're the last lady left of the race. I won't say shit though. You can say whatever you like. <laughs> I thought that news would cheer you up, but you said uh, no. Um, well, yeah, I'm obviously gutted for all the women that have scratched because a lot of them are my friends. Um, and obviously, when you hear that anyone has scratched from this race, you've gutted for them because they know that so many people put so much into coming out here. Um, and yeah, it's also a lot of pressure. I want to see the women do well. So, do you feel pressure? Yeah, definitely. Because I always put pressure on the woman that's coming first, because I always want her to do really well and perform really well to show other people that women can do well in this kind of sport. And it's really odd that's fallen to me. But you could just, you could walk for the next five days. I might have to walk. (laughs) (laughs) Did a lot of walking today, as it were. And are you still having fun? You're still smiling and enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, it's just stunning. I mean, it was, I woke up this morning to a winter wonderland, felt like Christmas. Um, and then a couple hours later, I just had a blue sky and a green field and then wow. went down an alpine pass and then suddenly at Isikul Lake, like it just changes so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a single day, you see so many beautiful things. So it's things. not monotonous or anything? Not at all. Yeah, yeah. Not remotely. Wow. Cool. And no sad moments or like swearing moments? Uh, oh, definitely. <laughs> Frequently. <laughs> Maybe not overwhelmed. So, I mean, today there was just so much pushing the bike through that marsh and getting down that pass and just banging my bike against rocks and just hoping that that wasn't going to hurt it or anything, you know, and it just, it was kind of a frustrating day in some moments, but, you know, then you just kind of have to sit back and look up and just say, look at where you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're still in one piece. 
Still in one piece and bike still in one piece. She's very squeaky. I think we'll need to do some TLC before I head off tomorrow, but yeah, Ooh. somehow that bike is still in one piece. And so you've run it and now you've cycled it. What's next? <laughs> I don't think I can come back. Down here. the river. Yeah, maybe I will. <laughs> Are you like, done now? I think yeah. I think I've, I've done my dues in the Tianshan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Russell arrived into Checkpoint 3 very, very cold, suffering from exposure. Before giving him a chance to get his damp clothes off and warm clothes on, I asked him what had happened. Uh, I just need a blanket or something. Okay. Tell me about your out-of-body experience just now. (laughs) I don't know. I think I've got a real uh, chill and a bit of altitude last night. So coming down the valley for the last 40, 50 k's, uh, I've been just hallucinating and I don't know who's been riding the bike but I've been floating above myself and I was fantasising I was a French milkmaid <laughs> a French milkmaid? it's <laughs> so probably something to do with the cows and it seemed like a real alpine valley and stuff but uh, yeah felt feel strong still but bloody hell my head's just gone <laughs> I'm so cold, I've got, I think I've got some exposure. Uh, it's a strong <laughs> wind <laughs> blowing up the valley, and I think that just combined with being so cold this morning. It was minus seven on the top, um, and I camped out at 3,800 metres. And yeah, just all pretty tough morning, and then try and get going in the morning, try and get your hands working, body working, try and get down to the river crossing. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, the river crossing actually wasn't too bad. Um, but when you're cold anyway, and all oh, socks were wet, socks were frozen, shoes um. were frozen in the morning. <laughs> right. So, yeah. But, Hot shower you know, time. Good adventure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's for the hiker bike. I'm sure everybody else has talked about it. Oh, that was just, that wasn't the most pleasant <laughs> trudging through the snow. <laughs> Jeez. Just like home, though. Just like home. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's just like it was actually just like trudging through the Cairngorms, which is kind of not an unfamiliar thing. Uh, right, hot shower. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm sitting in a yurt with Craig Dolwyn. Hello, nice to meet you. And uh, when did you arrive at checkpoint three? Uh probably about half an hour ago, an hour ago maybe. So how's it been? Ah, uh, well, the last day has been very rough. The uh, I sort of miscalculated on food, so I last time I ate was yesterday breakfast. <gasps> I had two lots of noodles. Um, so I rode all yesterday, well, rode. I think there's it's an euphemism too. I pushed my bike for most of yesterday. You had um, nothing, not even any sweets or anything? No, no, noodles. I thought I'd eat all my noodles at breakfast time because I could, you know, I was all set up. I could boil some water, put the noodles in. So I had two lots of noodles thinking great that would get me over the top and down into um cp3 where there'd be loads of food but unfortunately once you get to the top you then go off into the swamp and then you go down this horrific descent um pretty much from leaving the road till when i stopped last night at about seven (gasps) o'clock it was a push um were you feeling really weak um i wasn't as bad as i thought i'd be but um because mainly because i was pushing and i wasn't actually using as much energy i guess as if i was cycling um i only did 75 kilometers as well which Mm -hmm. is because i was pushing um but 
yeah, I wasn't in a state of mind to um, carry on into the dark and the rain at that stage. So I put up my tent, um, or I put up my tarp, mm-hmm. um, get in the bivy, um, boil some water to put into my little um, hot water bottle um, to keep me warm. And I really didn't need it because <laughs> once the rain had gone through, the wind changed direction completely the opposite. So the tarp was being inflated from the wrong direction <gasps> and so it was very cold and um, if you're hungry as well you well, get more yeah, cold don't that's you it. i think it was probably mainly the fact i had no food in me yeah so i had um a very uh, a cold night last Gee. night it was really cold um but I got up at five um and headed off down here so you've been cycling what six hours this morning yeah well, maybe not quite as long as that but uh yeah but uh on nothing again. Nothing, yeah. Well, I got to the bottom, first shop. I was like, chocolate bars, I have all the chocolate bars you've got. Um, <laughs> it looked like everyone else, someone else had been in there because um, they didn't have much else that was useful as well. So, And then I stopped a second time and bought some load of other stuff. So right. I'm basically running on a premise that I'm going to have more food than I need. It's just a bit heavy. That's Good, yeah, yeah. So you're fully stocked for mm, the last so, section. So, well, I'll probably stock up <laughs> before I get up the hill, but... Um, I might something less sugary. Um, yeah, right. Which, um, I pull open okay. can. So, so how yeah. long are you planning to stop at checkpoint three? Um, well, um, I don't know, another half an hour or so. Right. Um, not very long. Okay. Um, I really I screwed up my schedule yesterday, so it was. Um, so I now have to catch up. Um, you're sounding as if you're being hard on yourself. Well, no, I want to get in before, well, one, before the party, um, <laughs> and two, before, um, um, I, you know, get home <laughs> right. Oh, I see, okay. So there's a bit of time deadline. Right. I think, I, you know, if I can keep to 130k a day, <laughs> I can um, I can make it by Friday, possibly, but it really depends. The hard section, um, the 20-kilometer hike and the river crossing, Yeah. I think sounds pretty tough. Um and if it's anything like the last section, it's going to take a long time. So I need to put in some. But overall, is it still enjoyable? Or yeah, is it... um, yeah, I think so. And yesterday was the exception. I think mm. it was positively dangerous coming down that. Um, I was thinking, well, if I twist my ankle here, we get out. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, you normally you'd have to have a helicopter come in, but that wasn't going to happen. Because um, getting up and down it is... You know, even for someone to walk up and down, it was very difficult. So, and what uh, are you most looking forward to at the end? Um, I don't know. Not riding my bike. <laughs> Usually, this when you're doing these things, I, I kind of think I'm glad that's finished. I don't have to ride my bike another day. Right. Um, I actually enjoying this more than I have done other things like the TCR. It's um, it's a bit more varied. Um, so I don't know. We will see. Good. Um, just not riding. It's probably <laughs> usually what I look forward to, and then. And sort of getting back to eating real food and proper food and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. which um, you get really sick of sweety stuff. So your and... fantasy meal right now? I don't know. I'm not sure. I haven't really got one. Mm. Pasta something. I've just bought some pasta. So, yeah, pasta-based, something really simple. Good. Just, um, yeah, pasta with just vegetables. Yeah, Because, yeah, yeah. um, you know, I don't really eat meat. So, um, right. yeah, pasta, vegetables and... Yeah, that'll be it. <laughs> Nothing clever. <laughs> just simple, easy. And, um, but, uh, yeah. oh, well, I won't hold you up. Thanks so much and best of luck with the last section. Thank you very much. All right, thank Bye. you. I'm sitting here in the sunshine with Giacomo and we're in the village of Chichcan, which is checkpoint three. Um, it all seems very relaxed, drinking a nice cup of coffee, sitting in the sun. How are you doing? 
I'm doing good. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a tough couple of days, but made it here and uh, got some food finally. <laughs> yeah. Were you running low? Uh, yeah, I was down to my last uh, sort of energy bar, so getting a bit desperate, which was uh, on my mind all all morning. So, yeah, it's good to be here. And how many kilometres have you got to go? I've no idea actually. Maybe five hundred ish, something like that. <laughs> You seem uh, super relaxed. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, sleeping lots and right. eating lots and, yeah, trying to take in the beautiful scenery, um, trying not to ride at night too much. Um, did you have a schedule so, when you started? Did you plan how long you were going to sleep for and stuff? Uh, we kind of did, but um, before we started, we went up into the Ala Archer National Park for mm-hmm. a couple of days and mm-hmm. quickly realised it was going to be a lot harder than we thought. Right. So I think it, originally we... We anticipated 10 days or so, and then suddenly it became 12, and then it became 14, and then, you know, will we finish at all? So. And what's it like riding as a solo since you've had to say goodbye to your erstwhile partner, Carl? I've got to be careful here, haven't I? <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's really nice, actually. Um, I'm sure Carl won't mind me saying that. Um, it was a lot of fun riding with him. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Met some, some nice people along the way. And, so uh, did you have to do a bit of kind of mental readjustment then to... Yeah, so um, I left Carl at about, I think, 10am, mm-hmm. um, maybe three or four days ago, I can't remember, mm-hmm. um, and bumped into uh, Jenny. Oh, yeah. Um, and rode with her that afternoon, which was brilliant, mm-hmm. um, really picked me up, mm-hmm. and forgotten about Carl straight away. <laughs> um, traitor, traitor. <laughs> no, so that was good. That, that was kind of, I was in a bit of a sad place. And, yeah. Uh, Thanks so much and uh, best of luck for the next uh, four or five days. No problem. All right. Thanks. Hello. How are things? How are you going? Oh, I think this, this race changed me from biker to hiker. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly, slowly, but <laughs> it changed me. So, but it's good. It's nice. I had just hundred meter, hundred meter in front of CP3. I tear my, my, uh, tear my Where did you sleep tonight? Last night? Probably last night. Just in the snowstorm on the, on the top of. It was. Beautiful night. <laughs> it was uh, almost muddy. I couldn't go anywhere, and there is no containers yeah, there. Yeah, they removed them. Yeah, I was I was looking for them. I go there, back, and so, and then I slept just on, on, on the ground. But it was good because you know it was nonsense to to get up early because all was muddy. It was late afternoon. Was snowstorm, and then. At night was still twice, but morning was blue, blue clear sky and sun and beautiful weather. Probably mountains apologize me for <laughs> for night <laughs> for what they did to you earlier. Uh, what? I mean, yeah, they, the mountains apologized for yeah. what they did to you with the snowstorm yeah, yeah, and for snowstorm <laughs> at night and then day before. Yeah, probably I will stay here because I don't know what to do with this. John? Better or worse? Well, last checkpoint is 26. How you doing? Oh, hi. Oh.
Hello. You don't have a toilet roll under your neck? Uh, yeah. But this is her right. It pretty much smells like it. <laughs> you were motoring along the last bit. Oh, was I? Yeah, I think you were going pretty fast. Oh, you're stalking. Well, yeah, because Russell arrived just in front of you. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, so I've been watching. Is this recording? Yeah. Ooh. You're famous. Oh, wow. What an adventure, hey? <laughs> Jesus. I know how to put on an adventure, a little bit of a race. I, th I, I thought I was a... What, what's it called? I was, like, hunting Russell today. Were you? Well, I, like, I woke up in the morning after the snowstorm and, like, started riding super early and I saw tracks and I knew that he was behind me and I saw single tracks, not double, and I was like, those tyres are, like, da 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 da, -da. It must be Russell. So we chased a little while and, like, got down to the river crossing and saw him popping over and started, like, screaming out at him. I don't know, he must have had, like, the pogues on or something. He couldn't hear anything. The proclaimers, <laughs> supposedly. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, chased him for a little while, couldn't find him, and so I decided to take it easy because it's so beautiful. And then I thought, I was hunting wolves, saw like wolf paw prints, I think, and like dead, uh, a dead cow and a dead sheep. And... Nice, it's been a nature trail. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought, what, what's it called when you like hunt? You like tracking. Tracking, yeah, I thought I was a tracker all day. <laughs> Russell thought he was a French milkmaid, so. You know, could have been worse. Okay. He's been hallucinating. What, what, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you not had sleep monsters? Oh, had some monsters. I made a, I made an interview, another podcast interview of me and Nelson. Oh yes. It's fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me entirely. I'm going to be honest. You're, you're more than welcome to listen to it. It's the first one. Oh yeah, yeah. We've heard that. No, 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 no. I interviewed with oh, you, you and me. me. When I wasn't there. <laughs> Yeah, on the way in. Because <laughs> I haven't interviewed you since, Josh. No. He's pretending to be you as well. I was like, hi, Nelson, how are you going? It's here, Josh Ray, number 53. Da 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 da. How are you going? I was like, and I just went on a rampage. Things it's difficult to tell if you are hallucinating or not. No, I'm, you know, I'm just delirious. Well, I know, but. Did you see the exactly. video I put up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Marks out of 10 for the race so far? Oh, 10. 12. 12, 12. Good, good answer. You know, I was trying to debate as to whether or not I'd keep it uh, the same difficulty or drop it down. I don't know. I suppose I look at the stats at the end of the race, but I reckon it's awesome, personally. <laughs> Daniel Abdul Dyer, if I've pronounced that correctly. Uh, you're the founder of Go Kyrgyzstan, Go KG, and it's a sort of travel guide website. Would that be a fair description? Uh, yes, that's absolutely perfect. So, what? Tell us a bit about yourself, first of all. So, you're born and bred in the country, or have you lived abroad at any time? Or? Uh, first of all, thank you for having me, and uh, good morning. Uh, yes, I was born in Bishkek, which is a capital city. And uh, it was called Frunze back in the time, uh, as we used to be a part of uh, the Soviet Union. And later we got our independence. And uh, yes, mostly living in the Kyrgyz Republic, I, I uh, have visited some countries. Uh, living abroad probably is uh, not a thing uh, that uh, I can uh, tell I did, but uh, I had some trips and that's, that's, that's probably it. 
I've read, um, and again, this is only from what I've been able to, to get through um, travel books, but I've read that it's described as a secular country, but within that, the people are um, free to practice the religions that, that they choose. So would you say that that is the case? Does it feel a very liberal um, country in terms of letting people choose their own religion? I would love to say again that it's uh, absolutely or at least uh, very tolerable, but uh, tolerant, but I, uh, I, I'm afraid I can't. It uh, really depends on uh, where you are. Like, uh, and uh, general principle here is probably uh, if you take urbanized areas, it's uh, better and they are more liberal and tolerant, uh, like Bishkek, the capital city and other large cities. But uh, not so much in rural areas, I, I guess. So, so is Islam still the the main? What percentage of people then are? Uh, you know, it's tricky because I keep seeing this figure which says eighty five percent of population is Muslim. But uh, you have to understand one thing here. Uh, first of all, there is no proof uh, behind that figure, and clearly, the majority claim themselves to be Muslim. Uh, but the thing here is uh, it's uh, very different from what you see in Arab countries or Middle East, for example, uh, because most of people uh, who call them Muslims here are ethnic Muslims. And uh, it means that they identify themselves as Muslims only because their parents were. And generally, they think that Kyrgyz people are and should be Muslims, which is uh, not true. But uh, uh, the amount of Muslims uh, who have... Uh, regular religious practice and follow all the rules and etc. is significantly less. Uh, I can give you the uh, exact number, but it's definitely not 85%. And again, if, if that split exists to an extent between the city and the, the rural populations, do you th- coming back to your job in tourism, do you ever worry that by more people coming to the country and perhaps better infrastructure and becoming more developed in inverted commas, do you think there's a risk to the traditional and the nomadic way of life? Uh, I don't actually think it's a risk because uh, I think, uh, you know, it all comes back again to the question of uh, who are Turkish people uh, in a modern world and we still don't have uh, a proper answer for that. And uh, we should rethink our past, uh, our Soviet past as well, our nomadic past. And uh, I, I, can, uh, I think uh, it really can uh, become a, a good combination, like uh, take uh, Japan, for example. I mean, they uh, haven't lost their culture, they have developed economy, and uh, we can become somewhat like that, uh, having our nomadic uh, past and uh, preserving this culture. Uh, at the same time, staying uh, a modern, developed nation. So given that uh, I, along with a lot of the riders, will have at least a few days in Bishkek, um, and you are the fountain of knowledge regarding the best way to spend time there, um, give me your top tips for things to see and do in the capital. If we limit ourselves to Bishkek, uh, you uh, should start with uh, Erkindik uh, Boulevard uh, Avenue, which uh, is... Uh, once Bishkek back in Soviet time was considered to be uh, one of the most green cities uh, in the Union and unfortunately we are not that uh, currently but still uh, this avenue is uh, one of the uh, greenest avenues in the city so uh, having a walk uh, along the uh, along Erkindik uh, is probably uh, the first thing uh, I would recommend you to do. Uh, 
Yep. Any nice cafes to stop at along the way? Uh, there are lots of them actually. Uh, one thing, uh, one uh, thing which comes to my mind is uh, is it's an art indeed. It's uh, called Chicken Star actually. It's it's a place opened by an expat. <laughs> uh, he's from Korea and he he loves the boulevard. He lives there and his uh, restaurant is there. So uh, this is the place I would recommend you to stay if you want to uh, try some. Uh, national traditional food uh, I would uh, recommend you going to Faiza uh, it's not on Urkindik but it's not far away and uh, in Faiza you can really try some uh, traditional meals uh, there are lots of meats uh, we are not a vegetarian <laughs> nation keep that in <laughs> mind please <laughs> Yes, uh, well, I, I'll have to confess now that I am vegetarian, so I've been reading a lot about the bread, so I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot of bread when I'm okay. there. Okay, uh, yes, so uh, there, there are actually places, uh, you know, this is one of the things I uh, like about Bishkek, uh, this uh, diversity. I mean, there are lots of uh, types of cuisines for any kind of taste, uh, so, uh, and uh, different uh, culture cuisines, so you, you have a lot to choose from. Right. Okay. So once I've had my cup of whatever, I was about to say coffee, but probably not. Once I've had my little um, pit stop at the cafe, what about some um, landmark sites? I think it's a must do if you have time. Uh, I think it's the most beautiful lakes. Uh, it's the most beautiful lake in our country. Uh, and uh, we have over 2000 uh, lakes here. So uh, it's, it's, it's called Kelsu. It's uh, located in Narin region. It's uh, close to Borovis, China. And uh, it's this beautiful green mountain lake. Um, and you should visit that if you have a chance. I'm going to ask you a question. Can, can I swim in it? Uh, I'm not sure, but I've heard of people doing that. <laughs> okay. We swim. I've been swimming here in um, open water in Scotland, which is quite cold. Um, so I might give it a go. Now you mentioned swimming, actually. I would recommend you going to uh, Isikul Lake, which is the lake we are famous for. It's the second largest alpine lake in the world. And uh, wow. uh, if you want to go to Isikul, please go to the uh, southern coast because the northern one is uh, too crowded and we have too many uh, ski uh, uh, resorts there. So uh, you want to go to the uh, southern shore. And... Uh, it's much more calm, it's um, quiet, peaceful, and we have very beautiful canyons there. It's called fairy uh, tail canyons um, on the southern shore. So you can combine those two things. To, to go back to the race for a little bit, um, obviously it's called the Silk Road Mountain Race, and the, there is a huge romanticism and um, a lot of associations with, with the Silk Road itself. Um, can you just give us a very brief description of some of the origins of the Silk Road, when it was um, in operation and what, apart from Silk, what were the things traded along the route? Sure. Uh, it was uh, a major network of uh, trading routes between East and West. And as you've mentioned, uh, it uh, got its name uh, as a Silk Road because uh, the major product exported from China was silk, but uh, it was uh, not the only uh, good what, uh, which was traded. Uh, there was a plenty, and uh, there was uh, gold and silver, leather, spices. Uh, there was uh, military armor and equipment uh, exported from Central Asia, and horses, uh, glass items, uh, many things, not, not only silk. 
And uh, it had a huge impact on the uh, culture uh, of uh, many countries, not only Kyrgyz Republic. And you can even see it now. I mean, we have uh, a large uh, major avenue here called Dubek Jolu, which literally translates as uh, Silk Road. And I think uh, Almaty has the same, uh, which is in Kazakhstan. Uh, even now, these uh, modern programs, uh, Chinese programs uh, called uh, One Belt, One Road, uh, they are also tied to this uh, Silk Road uh, past and etc. So it had a huge impact. And was it two-way um, imports or was it only flowing east to west or was there a, an exchange? Definitely it was an exchange and uh, it was... Uh, uh, unfortunately, I'm not an, uh, a historian, so I, I can give you a detailed uh, picture, but uh, it was not only exchange of uh, goods, but it was also an exchange of uh, culture, technology, so it was uh, much more than just uh, a trading uh, project. It must be fascinating then to be to live in a country where it's a real melting pot of everything, food and culture and language, and very few people have that richness, I think, of... of it is just being in the middle of so many different places it is thank you and we, we are actually lucky to to have that in our past and we have some uh monuments like uh there was this uh in Narin region you see this tashrabat which is a stone uh building which used to be a guest house for merchants uh, back in time uh, during the silk road uh time and uh, there are monuments like that along the way so uh yes we we are lucky in that context Fantastic. Well, I think uh, for the people cycling 1,700 kilometres, they're going to get a fair sense of, of some of the variety and the what the country has to offer, albeit um, through probably a lens of a lot of pain. <laughs> um, just to, to finish off, I mean, I, you've given us a fantastic whistle-stop tour, really, of, of a sense of the land and its people. Um, and I'm sure whetted the appetites of certainly me and, and other people listening. Um, if you had to sum up your country in three words, what would they be? Uh, I don't have an intention of uh, promoting my media here and it's uh, a sincere uh, statement. Uh, I had this question asked uh, for myself uh, some time ago when I was uh, working on GoKG and uh, this is how I uh, came up with Discover Your KG. And uh, I I explain why, because uh, Discovery is there, and if I would answer uh, this question myself, uh, I would probably go with uh, undiscovered, uh, beautiful, and free uh, in three words. And Discovery OKG uh, kind of uh, explains that because discover means uh, our country is uh, young and uh, undiscovered yet, and uh, beautiful and free. Uh, uh, it's always different. Every country is always different for uh, every person. So you can find, uh, you can end up finding something unique for yourself here. So uh, it's uh, always different for anyone. I think that's so fitting because the philosophy of people that would undertake the Silk Road Mountain Race, that spirit of independence and discovery, it absolutely matches the country. So I think uh, Nelson, in putting on this race, has found a fantastic match of. Uh, sport and location um uh thank you so much daniel it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you um and thanks for giving us a a painting of a very vivid picture of your country um how do you say thank you in kyrgyz um it's very simple it's two syllables it's rahmat rahmat daniel rahmat thanks a lot for having me thank you 
This episode is the last from the field itself, and we have three further episodes in this series. The next one will be snippets and more anecdotes given at the after party, which happens on Saturday. Um, I can't vouch now for the sobriety of these conversations, but we'll do our best to bring you more tales and adventures from different people's perspectives, not just the riders, but also the volunteers and directors. Following that, we'll have two further wrap-up episodes contrasting the experiences of Nelson Trees as director of the inaugural race and also from selected riders themselves. It's testament to the awe and the inspiration that the Silk Road mountain race has inspired that there's such an international following across the tracker, through dot watchers, through Instagram, Facebook, and on the website itself. So it's clearly captured the public's imagination, and we have already been inundated with requests about opening entry dates for next year's event. So that's it from us at Checkpoint 3. We're closing up and heading off for a few days into the hills to check out some of the beautiful scenery, which the riders have had a privilege to see. And next up, it's party time.